Life can be a little crazy sometimes. In these bizarre moments we live in, we need a podcast to bring us together, to inspire others during all this chaos. Who? Who will step up to the challenge, may I ask you? I'm Sean Graves, so I can't fix everything. With the help of my guests, we can help inspire each other. Technical difficulty, because apparently the last time I did this, uh, uh, this microphone was working. My other one wasn't. So we're just going to use the same microphone, even though we both can hear at the same time. Correct? You can yes, hear me? that's totally okay. fine. Yeah. So introducing you. So your name is Kelly. Um... My girlfriend of almost two years. Almost, yeah. Correct. Weeks. Yeah. And what do you do for a living? You're I mean, hold on. Let me try to explain what I think you do for a living. Yes, I would love to hear what you think I do. You are a case consultant for patients that are incoming and outgoing at a medical facility. Yes and no. So where did I slip up in that? (laughs) So what I am is I work in case management for a level two trauma center in um, Kern County, which is about an hour and a half south of here, where we are now. Um, So when patients, and I currently work on the trauma service, so when patients come in with either um, motor vehicle accidents, ATV accidents, motorcycles, falls, um, then I facilitate their discharge. So I facilitate them going home. Mm-hmm. So what I do is I set up equipment for them. Um, if they need to go out of our facility to another facility, I help um, facilitate that happening. I speak with the doctors. I have a great relationship with quite a few kick-ass female trauma surgeons and um, the physician's assistants or the PAs. Um, and so I work with the families and with the patients to make sure that they have the safest discharge possible. So if they go home and they're not ready to go home, then... Um, I make sure that they have everything that they need in order to go home safely. I also fight with the insurances to make sure that they're getting the care while they're in the hospital that they need and um, that they're going to get the care after they leave the hospital. So would you say you're the good guy or the bad guy? I walk that fine line of good and bad because I've kicked plenty of people out and I've also fought to keep people in that need to stay in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that (laughs) (laughs) it's like uh, for healthcare, it's such a weird world to like try to foxhole someone into a paradigm of like, oh, you're the good guy or you're the bad guy because it can't be both. Or you can be both. You can be both the good guy and the bad guy. I've been in that situation administratively Mm -hmm. because it's like the first part of my job. Right. But, um, like, it's only because there's a reason to be. You know what I mean? So, like you say, like, there's a reason why you're the bad guy sometimes, and that's because certain situations happen. Do you wish those things are the way that they are, or do you think that they could be changed? I think that healthcare has moved um, away from patient-centered care to more insurance-driven care. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not in healthcare, it's hard to fully like understand what that means. Mm-hmm. But where when it's patient-centered care, then we're doing what we can to make sure the patient is taken care of. What has happened is there's this switch to where we're focused on making sure the patient meets criteria to be there. So, And there's different types of payment models that happen. And each individual payer pays different. Mm-hmm. 
So I might have insurance A that pays 100% for the stay. It allows for acute rehab. So if somebody falls and breaks their leg, then they can go there to this acute rehab facility and have extensive three or four hours a day of physical therapy, get really strong before they go back home. And then we have patient, and we have insurance B that says, no, no, they broke their leg, they're 24, it's cool. They can go to a, like an old folks home where they're going to get 15 to 20 minutes of physical therapy every day for like a week. And then they're going to send them home for the family to take care of. Mm-hmm. Yes, a 24-year-old is going to recover fairly quickly from a break. Um, most leg breaks are typically secondary to trauma. So motor vehicle accidents, ATVs, motorcycle. Skateboard. Skateboard, slip and fall. I don't know why that has to be like my first go-to. <laughs> like, oh yeah, skateboard, you broke your leg. That makes a lot of sense. Um, or you fall, jumping off of a roof into the swimming pool. You know, that kind of shit. Okay. Then you have a 40, 50-year-old who's not quite as sprightly as a 24-year-old. And they might slip and fall or get into an ATV accident because they're living their best life. And they don't want to go to a place that caters to 75, 80-year-olds. They want to go to an acute facility. Acute just means... um, Short time. Short time right now. Let's get it done. In and out. In and out. Yep. Um, They want to go to a facility that does that where they get extensive physical therapy where they can get better faster go home more safely to their husbands or wives or children or significant others or alone or their dogs or their cats or their gerbils right whatever it is so what's happened is now we have taken away in my opinion patient-centered care we're more worried about how much is the insurance going to pay How many days are they going to authorize for this patient who just had massive reconstructive surgery on their leg that Mm -hmm. has wires and shit sticking out of their bones externally, so on the outside of their body? We're going to send them home with family because the insurance isn't going to pay for them to go anywhere else. Mm -hmm. It's really, really That's the weird part. That's weird. It is weird, and it shouldn't be that way. But it is? But it is, unfortunately. And the people who suffer are the patients. Mm -hmm. I have gone rounds with one particular insurance about patients that need to go to acute rehab, and they're just like, absolutely not. Is it because they have a criteria, a paradigm, and they go, well, because this person doesn't meet these wickets... Yes and no. There is a rubric that they follow. So right. is each rubric different per provider? Yes. Or provider. That's a doctor, but payer. Payer. Yes. Yeah. Each rubric is different. So um, one insurance might require three disciplines. So physical therapy, occupational spare therapy, speech language pathology, or PTOT SLP. Um, some just right require PTOT. Some will, if they have um, a TBI or a traumatic brain injury, so basically when you have like a head injury, sometimes you get what's called a TBI. Concussions can also cause them. But it's just a, a trauma to the brain. So they have swelling, 
bleeds. Um, it's like if your bru- your brain was bruised. Essentially, yeah. yeah. So they require neurorehabilitation. So mm-hmm. to go in and they basically go and instead of like physical therapy, moving your legs, occupational, moving your arms, um, brain stuff is totally different. It's so cool. Um, it's flashcards and putting puzzle pieces together mm-hmm. to help those neurons and those synapses kind of reconnect so that they're able to live a meaningful life again. Mm-hmm. So some the rubrics change versus, you know, based on the payer. Um, some insurances are great. Some insurances are bottom-of-the-barrel shitholes. <laughs> just depends. Jeez. Uh, d- um... Where do you feel like your fight, your your dog in the fight is? Patient care. Just patient care. For me, it's all about the patient. I want to make sure that my patients, when they go home, they go home appropriately because I don't want them to come back. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to see them again. I'm cool. You came in. Yeah. You did your shit. It's like, oh, it's great to meet you. Uh, sucks this happened, but I really don't want to see you again. Yes. Once I've met you. Yes. Okay. It's That's always my wish is that I'll bond with a patient. I'll make sure that they're taken care of. And then a la casa. Get the fuck out of my hospital. Don't come back. <laughs> And I know how that sounds, but if any of you are in healthcare, you completely understand. Right. Wow. So, uh, my niece graduated mm-hmm. Sunday. Yep. Um, this is a second time, same high school, not name dropping it, because I'm about to talk some mad shade. <laughs> uh, no tea, just all shade? All tea. Um... That principal, man, she whipped out the same speech from, like, literally two years ago. I don't know how I feel about that. I can't remember the speeches that were given at my high school I don't graduation. either. I no clue. None. I know that a bunch of people talked. It was hot as balls. Because were you outside? Yes. Oh. And where we live, it gets easily gets triple digits in the summertime. Mm-hmm. And so it was like June 6th or 8th or 11th that I graduated, like a million years ago. So <laughs> I just remember it was hot as shit. Um, the stands were full. And I was sitting there in a navy blue cap and gown with heels on on the middle of the football field with people just yakking and I was like stop talking it's hot I'm sweaty I want to go swim (laughs) I uh this was 13 years ago I think if I did the math right 2020 to 06 13, 14. 14. Um, 13, because you're seven years younger than I am. Yes. Uh, we, I think we've always done it at the Cox Convention Center in Oklahoma City. Okay. I think that's always been a thing with my high school. Mm-hmm. Um, the 
all I remember is that we did this walk around the upper level because like it's a it's a, a basketball court. Okay. So the upper level is like the general seating, which is where all the parents were at. And we all did our pomp and circumstance walk around. Okay. Fucking horrible. Because we started on one end and just doing this lap alone sucked just for what it was. Right? Mm -hmm. Right. And. Oh, we were also locked arms. Oh, sweet Jesus. With our walkers. So, so even if you were a dude and a southern. dude, or, it was so Southern. It was like, this is 06. So like, we're not as woke as we were then. We were on our way to our current 2020 woke. Y'all are still not that woke. They're not. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting there. Bless their hearts. But uh, yeah, like you locked arms and then you walked. Okay, right. so was it male-female then? It, it was not male-female. It was just, in this line, alphabet, alphabet, alphabet. Gotcha. So, like, you know, mm -hmm. the names right, zigzagged. Right. Um, and then we made it around, and of course people are cheering and, you know, what all that stupid shit. And we get down to the uh, main floor... And the stage was in front, and there was two sections of seating. Mm -hmm. And then the choir in the back. And so I was standing with the choir for, like, the first half of the show. The show. And then after, I think, a couple of songs, which I'm sure, if I remember correctly, they've always sang the same songs, too. The choir. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They never change They never it. change it up. Uh, and then, uh, there's a, a part where we all go to our seating. So we all get into the congregation and then they start doing the line mm -hmm. to getting people, their diplomas and crap after the three, you know, valid Victorians talk and the president of the class which i didn't even know i had one like no i'm sorry like i did not know that we had a president for the class a vice president a secretary a treasure a treasurer it's called student body this whole thing i did not know even existed right there was not like an open election i don't even remember <laughs> casting a ballot uh it was probably hands up in the cafeteria <laughs> Like old school. No, because like the style. cafeteria was bullshit because uh you know, it was like it was treacherous, I think. Mike my, my Was it Mean Girls style? Absolutely. <laughs> when I had met my best friend Melissa, um prior to I was in the English class and I met this girl and she was like, Yeah, 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 we'll like just have lunch together. I was like, Alright, cool. So I go and I'm standing in line. Apparently, she was behind the cafeteria smoking a J and got caught. <laughs> so I didn't see her for the rest of the day. So I was like, well, I just got fucking stood up by this chick, right? And I'm like the new kid. So I go through the cafeteria line, pay my chow, and then I sit down to like the first chair I see. And it's next to this dude who I later find out is um, Jordan. 
And uh, he was like, sup? And I was like, hey, how's it going? And I look at this girl across the uh, table from me. She's like, what are you doing sitting at my table? And I looked down. I was like, I'm eating my fucking food. <laughs> and so she was like, oh, well, whatever. And then she like, gets up and walks off. That was the cafeteria life. <laughs> like, so... To me, I'm a new kid, and it's like, huh, <laughs> you know? Like, I didn't realize there was a name. I, I, like, this was... Mm -hmm. So we had, like, a quad, and then in seat, inside of the quad... So I went to a high school that a was quad. built, like, in the 1890s. It's old as fuck. And so there was buildings that kind of outlined, mm -hmm. and then in the middle, there was a grassy area that we called the quad. Okay, so my high school was built the same way, Okay, but it was just a courtyard. So we had a quad, and then inside of the quad, we had a senior court that was like a bricked-off area that the seniors could go to. We also had a thing called the freshman pole. So we had two campuses that were separated by a street. And in the old days, we had to walk across the street. And then, like, my junior year, maybe my senior year, they built a bridge that was steep and narrow. Yes, very much just, like, straight up, across, straight down. And there was this pole in the middle of the walkway. <laughs> and if you didn't know it was there you would bust your nuts on it in like two seconds. So they called it the freshman pole because everybody that had been there knew that it was there. And I shit you not. If you're the new kid, you, you hit didn't the know pole. the existence. Oh yes. my gosh. So they had senior court and that's where all the seniors or the popular kids hung out. Mm -hmm. I always dated older, typically. Um, so I when I was a freshman, I dated a freshman, but I dated the hottest freshman. Um, and then my sophomore year, junior year, senior year, I dated older. So I was kind of allowed in senior court. I was like the cool kid, but not the cool kid. I was awkward. I was in band. I ran track. I had, like, an insane GPA. Um, so I didn't really fit with, like, one stereotypical group. I fit with all the kids. Mm. So, um, yeah, my high school was peak 90s. It was very... Mine was just the middle of the 2000s. When fashion was still bad. <laughs> Uh, yeah, cause like, uh, it was still the long shirt. You could still like, go to a mall and get decent clothes, decent clothes. I didn't say the best clothes, but decent clothes. Um, Hot Topic had just started selling Justin Bieber t-shirts. Oh, for fuck's sake. See, Hot Topic in my day was, was like Nirvana, straight up. Straight yes. metal. Yeah. It was black eyeshadow, mm -hmm. black lipstick, yeah. black chucks. Right. 
thrasher t-shirts. Right. Kind of, I mean, like I have on a Muse t-shirt right now with a skeleton and a mohawk. Right. That kind of like 1980s rebellious shit. Right, yeah. Uh... And then it became pussy topic. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit this so bad. <laughs> um yeah, you're not you're not wrong. Uh a lot of uh a lot of nightmare before christmas Tim Burton-esque material. I can remember that strongly in Hot Topic. I'm totally for Tim Burton. Mm. But it has a place and a time. Right. And that was definitely... That time. My high school. Um, yeah. And... So... Yeah, it was... I, I don't think high school is never not awkward. You know what I mean? I remember my high school and it was... It was awkward. A lot of it was awkward. Um, but... I don't remember a lick of the things they said at my graduation. I don't even remember what my valedictorian said. I think they said something to the effect of, I bet you they all passed me down like the same speech. Mm -hmm. Like, or they just do like their own homework on YouTube and then just like copy paste. See, but YouTube oh. wasn't a thing in my day. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, you know, the classic, uh, uh, this is the beginning of our lives, and this is the end of a chapter. If, if I ever had to give a speech, so I'm getting ready to go to nursing school, um, if I have, if I'm lucky enough to be valedictorian or what the fuck ever, Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put on that Boz Lerman, be sure to wear sunscreen, boop, play, and just walk away, fucking drop the mic. Right. Because what else do you need to know? Right. Everything is there. Not everything, because um, I feel like the tips that the president, or the principal, principal of the school gave... We're not good. No, are they ever? This is the last lesson that this principal has the opportunity to kind of instill. How do I say this? Graduated went down. So the one that I saw for my niece, which is the same one that I saw for my nephew two years before. Right. It was new to me then. It's not new to me now, and I'm pissed. Right. Because I feel like this principal, if she had like one job, yeah. Our if favorite we want to like, if we want to like jump to the end of my show here, I think she is nominated for the you had one job. Okay. And that is, she needs to write three speeches. Shuffle them. Shuffle them around. Like, put them on a cycle, actually. So that way... You would have to do four. Because if you have siblings, a freshman and a senior... Yeah, four. Okay, four. Uh, really easy. Doesn't take a whole lot of time. But 
You could hire somebody to write them. Yeah, there are legitimate speechwriters. Yeah. It doesn't take much. No. So my whole thing is, is like, uh, this principal used the same speech for two years ago. And things that I've learned outside of high school, which were never covered, filing taxes. That should be taught, though. Prior to you graduating, they used to have this thing called home ec. <laughs> they, I think they still do. What the fuck do they teach? Not that. I mean, they, I are... think my home ec, I took it once because I was like, I was that guy who was like, oh, I'm going to like go meet some chicks in some classes. Where do girls go to class? Home ec, because they learn how to cook. No, they, they don't. They learn how to sew. No, they don't. Those are, at the time, don't mean to put this in there, but some feminine, at, like, uh, tasks that were there at the time. There are plenty of men who know how to sew. I have watched plenty of Netflix shows where men have put flowers into sculptures and or dresses or dresses and project runaway was a thing yeah exactly yes. um filing taxes was never covered right not in but home ec that is not a place is, for it is that they need to have a class called like adulting 101 <laughs> where they teach you how to adult yeah and adulting is like getting an oil changed on time Paying your bills on time. Balancing a checkbook, which I guess we don't have to do anymore. Everything's mobile. Yeah, but how many times have you noticed, like, a transaction happens and you're like, huh, I am missing $8. Agreed. So how to balance a checkbook or at least keep a running tally of how much you've spent. Mm -hmm. how to, How to plan for college classes. Because as a college student, there, it's hard to get into all the classes that you need. And so how to fight your way into a college class. Good example, my anatomy class that I took about two years ago, I was like number nine on the wait list. And it took me convincing the instructor that I was not going to fail that class. It was hard. Had I known that in high school, you're going to have to fight your way into college classes, mm -hmm. I would have been more prepared. On the flip side of that, I think it's important that, that high schoolers understand that if they don't go to college right away, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I... Wish I knew that mm -hmm. too, because you're a new adult, so that adult, working, quotes. yeah, yes. that working, I don't know, man, that, because I know when that I was, metamorphosis between 18 and, and 21. 21, you're like, I'm an adult, I pay bills, and you're like, uh. You know? Right, so I wasn't really for college mm -hmm. until, well, okay, 
I went to college with the intention of being an English teacher. English teacher. And then I took an EMT class and fell in love with emergency medicine. And what happened is that I found this passion that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. English kind of fell by the wayside. It's not that I don't love English. I'm in the middle of writing a book. I read a lot. There's a lot of things that I still really enjoy doing that are English-based. However, medicine is my life. And so I quit my English classes, and I was going to go to be a paramedic so that I could do critical care transport as a paramedic. So helicopter, fixed wing, that kind of stuff. Kind of what I'm doing as a nurse. So... I didn't want to make 14 bucks an hour as a paramedic for my whole life. So I decided to go to respiratory therapy school. And um, I was the first graduating class that could have gone straight to a physician's assistant school. And I didn't do that like an idiot. Um, But even then, I don't think I was necessarily ready for college. Mm Mm-hmm. I knew that I needed a career and I knew that I needed to make money because I had bills to pay and car payments and that bullshit. I thought, oh, I need to live on my own. I need to do these things. People stay home as long as you can. Not, I mean, within reason. That kind of sends a signal out that it's okay to live with mommy and daddy. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, be responsible but if you're going to go to college, make sure that you're A, ready, mm-hmm. and B, can be able to afford everything on your own. Yeah, because I'm I'm like what I, well, actually, my friend Kevin called me a free-range chicken. You I kind like, of are a free-range chicken. I am literally a free-range chicken. You I love can't, you, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really does describe everything. I'm a little bit of everywhere. Right? Mm-hmm. Science, music, um, arts, uh, literature, um, technology based. Uh, you know, there's a lot of STEM involved, but mm-hmm. I'm more of like a sit me in front of a computer and let me see if I can figure it out mm-hmm. kind of person rather than I don't really need to know what the interior looks like and put pieces together to equal a machine. I don't care. I'm just kind of a, the wizard who makes the machine work, right? Mm-hmm. Um, You're the guy behind the curtain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, at, at 18, when I got out of high school, went to my first college, I thought I was a music major. And then it wasn't until sometime later after dropping out that on one hand I was like, I'm kind of glad I had like that little piece mm-hmm. where I did as much work as I could. Didn't equate to much, but like teachers don't talk about certificates. They we talk about degrees. We need vocations. Vocation. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I found out what a certificate was and that you could just do the class, get educated into the field, mm-hmm. and that 
this carries on forever. Mm-hmm. Or some certificates you have to renew if you're using them. Mm-hmm. That I was like, what? Yeah. And this puts me into the same field as a six-figure job. Why did no one tell me this at 18? Because education is a lot like medicine. It's a bureaucracy. Yeah. You have to have students that believe in the fact that you have to have a degree. Um, I'm looking just for shits and giggles at jobs. Requires a bachelor's degree. I don't have a bachelor's yet. Um, but are paying 16 bucks an hour. You can't afford your student loans at $16 an hour. That's what they're paying for a bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Because it's been fed into us that in order to find a job worth anything, we have to have a degree. Mm-hmm. Welders make six figures. Mm-hmm. Um, Journeymen, yeah, masters, absolutely. Um, but then we have highly educated people, mm-hmm. like, and this is my soapbox, like paramedics. So those guys have to take an EMT course. Then they have to work on the ambulance for a period of time, enroll in a paramedics course, learn pretty much everything an RN knows, and do it all in the back of a moving ambulance with lights and sirens and bumps, no doctor, just over the radio with a nurse telling them, okay, this is what you need to do. And then they have to do it all for 14 bucks an hour. Hmm. Those are the guys that are saving your lives. Mm-hmm. Immediately. Immediately. Yeah. They're the ones that see the worst of the worst. They're the ones that go to all the shootings. Where I'm tucked away in the relative safety cocoon of the emergency room, they're out with active shooters raging fires, all of that stuff, and they don't get paid appropriately Mm -hmm. because they don't have a degree or Mm -hmm. they don't have an RN behind their name. Mm -hmm. Some of those medics that I know are smarter than some of the RNs I know. Mm. So I think that medicine, education, those are all bureaucracies, and education especially has it's been fed into us since kinder that we have to go to college and we have to get a degree. Well, even in like kindergarten, I remember as early as that, people were like, what do you want to be when you mm-hmm. grow up? Absolutely. I wanted to be an astronaut. Everybody does. Star Trek was like the, the, the spoon in my mouth for that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, not everybody wanted to be a uh, I wanted to be an astronaut, an astronaut when I was in kindergarten, even after watching mm-hmm. Challenger explode. Right. In my kindergarten class. Mm-hmm. That just told you exactly how old I am. <laughs> but that, I wanted to be an astronaut. Mm-hmm. I had an uncle who was an astronomer. Mm-hmm. And so that's imprinted on me. The love of space, um, space exploration, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I got into like junior high, early high school. And there used to be a show called, I think it was just called Surgery or 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 something like that. I know there Some was like trauma like, life in the ER. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, I want to be a trauma surgeon. Why not? 
and I can just take care of super sick people all the time. I'll just be married to my job. It, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be fine. It'll be okay. <laughs> Our catchphrase. All right. Um, and then, you know, life got in the way, and I never went to med school, which is fine. Probably better, because I literally would have been married to my job. Mm-hmm. I would never stop working. Yeah, I feel like after my marriage, I definitely just became more married with my hobbies, mm-hmm. and everything else is secondary. Right. You know, which I don't think is a bad thing. It's just, it's a good way of setting it up that what you do is what you love. Right. You know, I, I think get after- that. After my divorce, I threw myself headlong into school and following my my ultimate dream, mm-hmm. which is critical care, transport, um, scene work, um, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because it was a coping mechanism for me. Mm-hmm. It was a way of healing, um, dealing with the emotional traumas that I was kind of feeling after my divorce. Mm-hmm. Um my sense of failure in myself. And so going, okay, I might, I might've screwed this up, but I, from here on out, it's all me. Mm -hmm. And then teaching my kids that it's so important to not rely on anybody, to rely on yourself first and foremost. And so, because I'm raising two daughters, um, I don't want them to ever feel like they need a man in their life or a woman in their life in order to be or to feel successful. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I want them to value education because I'm buying into the bureaucracy. Um, but I don't push them in any particular way. If they want to get married, great. If they don't, that's cool. If you want to have kids, single, married, committed relation, whatever. That's totally fine. I don't care. I don't care who you marry. I don't care if you get married. I don't care if you have kids. Just be able to support yourself. Yeah. And they're watching me work on doing that, which is so important. I thought was very interesting was like for yourself and my and me, uh, we kind of had to become lawyers without getting a lawyer degree. Oh my God, yes. I mean, my divorce was only six months long in total length. Mm. It should have only been three months. Mine was two because California. Right, two years. Two months? Six months. Six months. So it's six months, okay. one day. Oh, I say two as in also. Yeah. <laughs> also. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. It shouldn't have had had. If we were in uh, Nevada, it could have been like the next day. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, man, I remember weekends of going over to my sister's house. And this is something, again, they don't teach you in high school. Right. Go to the websites for your state.gov, go to the particular parts that you need to get to, 
whether it's buying tabs for your car because you don't live in a state, but you're still a citizen mm -hmm. of that state, buy your tabs there. And if you don't know what tabs are, but you know what tags are. It's the same thing. They're the same thing. So we all learned some today. But <laughs> uh, the, the information in there, all you have to do is just sit in your truck or your car and with the printed information, with the yellow highlighter, just highlight yep. information while you're waiting to get it on the ferry. You know? Mm -hmm. And then the ferry trip is another 30 minutes. So there I am just reading through because no one else is going to teach you. And lawyers are expensive. And they all, yeah, by the hour. Unless yeah. you get a flat fee, but even then it's expensive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they may not even represent you. Exactly. But they may counsel you. Mm -hmm. But then once they counsel you, they can't counsel the other member. Right, so that happened to me. I went to go meet with an attorney, mm -hmm. and my ex-husband had already met with him. Mm -hmm. And I think he met with every single attorney in the city we live in, mm -hmm. because none of them could rep me. That's what I did. <laughs> like, you no, did. I did. Um, I, as soon as I broke the news to my coworkers and to my boss, um, my boss came up to me and he was like, you need to talk to this person. Why didn't you just use JAG? I did. Okay. But they don't represent you. Oh, they just cancel you. Yeah. How come they make it on that TV show that's forever old? Let's put it this way. This is TV. This is reality. This is reality. Okay, okay. Right, right. Jag, the TV show, is brilliant because they... I would wonder if there's like a episode on that YouTube channel that I watch. Legal Legal? Yeah. Oh, that'd be excellent. Where he watches an episode of Jag? I might... Message him. All right, so I'm a nobody, but maybe, maybe he might. Listen. Maybe he might. Okay. Um, so I talked to the shark on the island who is, like, the person. Okay. Come to find out her mom was the judge at my divorce court. Hold up. Your ex-wife's mom? No. Oh. What the fuck? That's the way you made it sound. Oh, I'm sorry. The lawyer's... The lawyer's mom. Mom. Gotcha. Is the judge at my divorce court. Okay. Who happens to also be related to an individual who also sells a ratchet realty company... On the same island. Is that the one you rented from? Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Because I don't name to... drop, yeah, 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 but yeah, 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 yeah. I hope someone's rolling and connecting the dots to that because I'm just not that kind of person. However, um, it wasn't just her that I spoke to. I spoke to like four other councils plus Jag. Look at you. So there's like five 
individuals I'm speaking to just to, one, cover the bases. Right. Because I don't know who, I can't find out who she's talking to until I make that phone call. But the thing is, is that Jag gives me a listing of good standing lawyers in the county that we're filing. Mm-hmm. So it could have been any of those. Right. Or somebody ratchet in New York who just so happens to work in the county too. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of the day, that was me having to learn how to become a kind of lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is because, again, I'm an administrator, so paperwork and putting the inputs into the files and making sure that it's like clear Mm -hmm. and then having the individuals read those documents and go, Oh, this is what you meant. Write it like this. Right. Right. You know, um, that is easy for me, but again, no one tells you how to do this. And I mean, I have friends that I only have a few friends from high school. Um, three, on Facebook, who, I mean, like, literally, I went to high school with and graduated with, and I think only, like, two of them, including myself, um, have had to go through divorce court. So that's not something that is generally covered right. graduation day. Yeah. Anything else you think you could pass on to Class 2020. I would like to tell them don't fuck up the election, but... I think... (laughs) Um... Retrospectively here. Parenting. They don't cover parenting very well. They give you an egg. Oh, no. They actually give you a baby. Now they give you a baby. With a key in the back. I didn't have that. Um... That was... Never. I was so indifferent about children. Yeah, me too. I just... Didn't care about them. No. Uh, I would tell people if they had me babysit their baby doll. Have you seen those? Yes, they're creepy. They're so annoying. Anyway, those mother lookers, I would tell my friend, like, if it was like you, uh, I would just be like, oh, yeah, I'll take care of your baby during a gym class. Just know if it dies in that hour, it wasn't my fault. fault. Mm -hmm. Be the worst babysitter ever. But then I found out you put the key in the back and you twist it when it needs to be pacified. Okay. Because that's how you mm-hmm. shut it the fuck up. You bring the right hand up and then you loop elastic band around the hand and the key so that way it keeps a tautness. Oh my god. And then you can just be hands free from the baby instead of Jeez. keeping your hand... <laughs> the back of a baby's back and then holding it. Of course. It's the dumbest fucking program. Dumbest fucking program. You hacked it too. Huh? You hacked it too. Yeah. Myself and many other teenagers hacked the babysitting program. Like... (laughs) I love it so much. Yeah. Wisdom for 2020. Yeah. Huh. Um, be faithful to yourself. Know that you're going to screw up more than once. 
and it's okay. multiple times and it's okay um forgive yourself be kind you're not as fat as you think you are go to the doctor on a regular basis where does that come from because people think they're invincible weren't you invincible at 21 yes okay i still am uh-huh. a decade later sure you are i am Um, Skillet tells me every day. (laughs) Um, Just really be true to yourselves and be kind to others. Mm. And don't be an asshole. Don't be an asshole. And honestly, be the change you want to see. And I know that that sounds so cliche, but if you want to see reform or um, something as simple as I don't know. Making Kool-Aid less sweet. I don't know. (laughs) But be the change that you want to see. So if you want change in leadership, get out and vote. Change it. Work to change it. Know that it's not going to happen overnight. But don't give up. And follow your dreams. Ah... go along with that yeah absolutely learn who you if you don't know who you are because some people are gifted knowing who they are and what their talents are very young very young i was was not not that person (laughs) (laughs) i mean at one point i wanted to be a financial specialist at one point i wanted to be um a uh ASL interpreter. Um, You know, those are like polar opposites. And then you got astronaut from when I was a kid. And now I'm like an administrator who does audio engineering and producing on the side. Mm -hmm. But that's who, that's what you do. That's what I do. That's not who you are. The thing is, the dream is, is like, to pursue that. Not necessarily. What I want to do. Not necessarily. My dream is to be a good human. Mm-hmm. Do I always live up to that? No. Not at all. Mm-hmm. But every day I strive to achieve my dream of being a good human. Mm-hmm. Part of my dream is flight nursing. Part of my dream is being a better mother. Mm-hmm. Um, being a better girlfriend. But those are... That's who I am. Versus mm-hmm. what I do. What I do is help kick people out of the hospital safely. Mm. Is that who I am? No. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom, a girlfriend, a sister, right. a daughter. I'm impatient. I'm stubborn. I can laugh for days. I listen to rock music. Those are That's who I am. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily what I do. And I think people lose... Who they are and what they do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think where that kind of combines is art is being an artist. Mm-hmm. Because artists are artists. Mm-hmm. That's who they are. They're eccentric and they're different and they're wholesome and flawed and all of these really good things that people need to pay more attention to. Mm-hmm. Because we strive for perfection constantly. At least I do. And artists have this innate ability to know that 
they're going to fail at something and it's not going to be great the first time mm-hmm. or the second time or the 10th time. And they're okay with that and they keep striving to change it and do it better. And that's what we should all kind of strive for. Mm-hmm. Is everybody an artist? No. no. Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that we can't take that artist heart and put it inside of ourselves and do whatever it is that we love with the same passion and dedication and commitment that an artist does to their craft. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of the day, I am a person who is an uncle and has a dog and a cat living with him. At the end of the day. But you're also genuine and kind and sweet and also very stubborn Mm -hmm. and opinionated. And but you're overall (laughs) a very good human. Yeah. What you do is your job, Mm -hmm. but that's not who you are. Right. And I feel like there's so many people in my demographic that they slip right. My dad was one of them. He slipped right into the job was his life. And that's not And it's not cool, especially when he would be like that kind of guy who, um, he, he said that when he put on the ball cap or the cover, it was like a light switch. Mm -hmm. He was no longer dad. He was whoever. Mm -hmm. And then when he took it off and came into the home, he was dad. I have to, with my job, Mm -hmm. I have to build a wall every day. Mm Mm-hmm. And when I'm at work, when I'm in my scrubs, I'm very much Kelly case management. Mm-hmm. I'm not a mom. I'm not a girlfriend. I'm not a sister. I'm not a friend. Mm-hmm. I am. I have one job, mm-hmm. and that's to make sure my patients are taken care of and go home safely. Mm-hmm. As soon as I leave the hospital and I take my mask off, catch a couple breaths of fresh air, then... I am back to who I am Mm -hmm. as a person versus who I am when I'm in the hospital. Because for me, it's protection. It's Mm -hmm. safety. I don't like to necessarily bring my job home with me. Mm -hmm. I know it happens. There was just a crossover this last week with a patient who really impacted me. And I've had moments where I've brought that trauma home with me. Um, I don't like to talk about it a lot. You know that. But 99.8% of the time, my job is at my job. Mm -hmm. I don't bring it home with me. But when there's something super impactful that happens, it carries with you and it changes who you are as a person. Mm -hmm. And that is really powerful. And I think when you have... I get where your dad's coming from, mm-hmm. where, you know, I take off my Ball scrubs. Cap. Yep. Yeah. I take off my scrubs. I take off my clogs. Mm-hmm. And I'm just Kelly. Right. Where when I put them back on, I am very much medicine. Mm-hmm. It's like I flip a switch. You've said that, like, when I put on my work clothes, I carry myself differently. You, di- you do. I don't Definitely feel like do. I do. I really don't. I feel like I walk the same no matter what the clothes are. Nope. Um, I'll have to like put like a. Um, it's hard because I don't. I don't think I do. Uh, but at work, I feel like I'm a very 
as easily approachable as like if I was at a bar. I feel like I'm just as approachable no matter what. I don't I don't think there's like one person at work and I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but I don't think there's one person at work who is just like not I'm not saying I'm the Goku two guy. But given your options, if you had to talk to somebody, who would you pick? I'm not asking you. I'm just saying, like, like rhetorically. Rhetorically. Mm-hmm. For me, I feel like there's only like currently a handful, mm-hmm. and that handful is very small. Do you, you know? Do you feel like I carry myself differently when I put on my scrubs? No. But I get you an hour and a half later. Exactly. So you've already had your drive from work to either the loft or if I'm hearing you over a phone call. um, That after you tell me trials and tribulations of the medical building. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Oh. Your your conversation morphs into normal Kelly. Normal you as opposed to like uh uh I don't want to say emotionally distraught, but like emotionally distant? Yeah. Cold, unfeeling. Not callous. cold and all feeling <laughs> because that's that's I said, I don't it. feel like I'm that person. I can be. Mm-hmm. I can very much be. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a time and a place for it. Mm-hmm. And I know people have said, and I've read a million different times, those ER nurses are laughing and they're joking and somebody's dying in the trauma room. That's how we stay sane. Mm-hmm. That's honestly how we stay sane. Mm-hmm. We don't sleep that well. You know this. Mm-hmm. We don't eat great because we're walking and eating. I've seen photos of your breakfast and it's just horrible. Yeah, because that might be the only meal I eat. We don't drink enough water. Our kidneys hate us. We drink too much on the weekends. Yeah. And there's nothing we can do about it. The way that California is structured, we can't have water at our desks. We can't have water at the nurse's yeah. station. You were showing me a TV show on Netflix where there were um, a desk. Linux Hill. The, the, the desk mm-hmm. where I guess the, the people were room. talking yeah. and doing the computering. Because mm-hmm. I don't know what the Charting. they're doing. Sure. That's what they're doing. Um, as an observer, they're doing things on the computer. And on the phone, and they have a water bottle that's covered right there. And you were pointed out, and we're like, that's not allowed. Not in, not in California. This state. Mm-hmm. There has to be a why. I, I'm sure there is. Um, I don't know the why. But I do know. Do you think you could find a why? I could probably Google and find a why. Yeah. Um... I think that people or families got the wrong impression. Mm. Is it safe now with COVID and Corona and stuff going on? 
That's probably better that it's in the break rooms, honestly. I work in an office mm-hmm. with two desks, me and an RN, and um, we have water at our desks. But my water is covered mm-hmm. constantly and is away from everything that I do. Mm-hmm. It's within reach. When I worked at um, a uh, fleet readiness center, mm-hmm. we, we were in a facility outside of the actual building. And that one... No, two building, three building facility. Uh, they were like, because of the amounts of lead mm-hmm. that are in the spaces, you can't have an open glass. Makes sense. My room is not a work center. Okay. It's just an admin space. It literally has a long table, desks, all the way from the back wall to the front wall. That is it. And gear comes in and gear comes out. And they're not even lead bathed. Well. Were they lead contaminated? It may be a lead piece of material but you can handle it with your hands because of the treatment that's on the metal. Until Do you understand what I say? But if that treatment wears off? Between point A and point B. Between point A and B and C and D? So all those other rooms mm-hmm. are like exterior from my room. Okay. So they had a real stick about open glasses, covered glasses, covered glasses with a uh, straw in it, you know? So you'll die when I tell you what I do. So here's the crazy part. Here's where it gets bonkers. My room is not safe. It has a door in front, a window in front, like a service window, Mm -hmm. with a hallway to a break room. In the break room is a shelf station with each work center that has, like, tape lines. Your water belongs in that room on that shelf. Mm -hmm. That room is open to everybody and anybody. There is no door that closes it. So what the hell is the difference between that room and this room? I don't know. Exactly. Government. I literally broke that the fuck down for my workers. And I was like, if it don't make sense, you must have quit. <laughs> literally, the Chewbacca defense worked for that. Because I was like, I'm not taking it anywhere else. Did you get your way? I did. Good for you. But... It took literally myself to just go like, hold on. Let's break this down. Your office space is right across the hallway from me. Mm-hmm. You can have coffee at your coffee station, but it's wrong for me to do it on the other side of the hallway. And your door's open, my door's open, my window's open, your door's open. Okay. But lead is a freaking issue. But 
that one door next door that's also open to everybody mm-hmm. and their grandmother, that's the special space. Yeah, that makes zero sense. So if it don't make sense, you must acquit. So what I work, what I, what I drink about at work, he will die. I drink <laughs> out of the patient pitchers. You know the ones that they put on the bedside. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like a little insert that goes inside, and then a lid that you literally fit on there. There's like a little hook, and you, and with a straw, and right outside of my door, is a locked door. I work behind a locked door, but outside of my door is a locked door. And I punch in the little code, and then I go in, and it's got the ice machine and the water. I get my ice and my water, and I walk back to my office. That's so much work. It is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Are we still learning after high school? We're learning every day. Is that the point? Yeah. I think life is about learning. I don't ever want to stop learning. Mm-hmm. If there comes a point in my life where I have, where am I, if I am the smartest room, smartest person in the room, sorry, obviously I'm not that today. <laughs> if I'm the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> I'm not wrong. I, I don't know. I mean, what's the point to a TED talk then? TED talks are fine. Are they the smartest person in the room? Let me talk to you about a subject that I am better at talking about than you. Hopefully you walk away from this. But somebody is going to be better than than them on that subject. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, if I'm ever the smartest person in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Mm. Even if I'm teaching a class, I want one of my students to know something I don't know. Just walk into a bar and just drink water all night. That would be an interesting experiment. We should do that. Yeah. As soon as COVID's over, the world is back to so three years from sanity. now. Sanity. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to report on how that worked out for this, because yeah. Yeah, I. Oh, what are you drinking? Oh, it'd be like a martini glass with like just water in it. A little and bit the of olive. grenadine. Like a little <laughs> the bit grenadine. Of grenadine. <laughs> wow, I'm like. So drunk on water. Or 7-Up and make it look like yeah. something fancy. You're right, with a little OJ. Right? Yeah, Oh, I that's just... a thing. If you're going to be a graduate of 2020, learn a proper alcoholic drink. Hell yeah. Or get, or get right with yourself and realize that you really just like beer. <laughs> and that vodka has a time up. and a place. I'm honestly, that's my 2020 thing is like, I'm going to give up beer. I will indulge on special occasions, but I really don't want to be like go-toing on beer. I was deep into my thirties yeah. before I realized that vodka was not good for me. No. <laughs> no. And I switched over to ciders and mm-hmm. sours and tarts mm-hmm. and like found a whole new passion for mm-hmm. brewed things. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate IPAs with a passion. I love IPAs. And what do I do? Don't I you always don't. take a drink? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always try it. You're always I'm like, like nope. <laughs> and I go right back to my sours. Yep. Um, 
I also learned that Fireball is the devil. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It literally has a devil yes. on the image. I have yeah. curled around my toilet more times than I like to admit from Fireball. Yeah. 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 We have a couple Fireball stories. Right. <laughs> Who doesn't? Um, Shower thoughts. Um, here's one. Maybe dogs don't like going on walks, but instead think we do. So I have a husky. Mm-hmm. She 100% loves her walks. Mm-hmm. She does not think that I want to walk. <laughs> See, my dog Stella, she's a lab. She's and passed out right now. Yeah, she's honestly the laziest dog I've ever met in my Which life. is... So Sean and I have this thing. I need a dog that's going to get me to be active because I am the sleepiest human you will ever meet. And he needed a dog that was going to chill him out. So I have a dog that is spastic as shit and needs six miles a day. He has a dog that needs... Not even a mile. To the corner and back. Oh my god. She walks to the house and she's like, and we're done. Mm Mm-hmm. So he needed a dog that was going to make him chill. And I have a dog that makes me, like, get up and do things. And so it worked out well. It balanced us out. I really do feel like she does think I need this walk. Which I kind of do. You do. 100%. But, see, I want that three miles. She is like, oh, yeah, we'll go down to the 11th Street. I'm like, no, but there's an orchard over there that we're going to do a loop around. And then, like, she's good up to the orchard. And then she's like, time to go home. The loop that we start for walking around the Uh orchard, she'll make it about a fourth of the way done. The loop that we were going on when we found out Kobe died? Mm Mm-hmm. And then it started raining on us? Yep. Okay, yeah, I remember that. That loop? That's a long walk. I don't think it is. I mean, I I walk that far every day in the hospital. Right. But I think just spreading it out, it's easier. Where, like, when we get up in the morning and walk and do that all at one time, it's it spins me a little bit. That walk, I could do twice a day. You're and also still way more feel good. than I am. But this thing over here, she... She's like... She becomes that boulder, that 52 boulder... Behind me as I'm trying to run her. So she's like, oh yeah, I'll run for like half a block. And I'm like, there's still a mile and a half to go. I told you you just need to run with Indy. I don't know. Alright, who would you elect for uh, you had one job? Oh god. You know who I think should have one job? Those mother liquors in Vesalia who couldn't even put, be bothered to put french fries in the french fry bag. Instead, they just threw them into the takeout bag with the burger. You mean your chicken sandwich the other day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. One job.
my person who I would elect for one job would have to be... Um... Hmm. I would have to say... The government. <laughs> Hold on. I have reasonings. So, because I work in a, in a hospital um, during the pandemic... It was really scary in the beginning because we did not have the necessary um, protective equipment for our nurses that were working hand-in-hand -hand with the COVID-19 patients. Mm -hmm. We had quite a few that came in along with our normal traumas. Um, we see about 3,100 traumas a year, and we're a 32-bed emergency room, 36-bed emergency room. So we see on average, we have six trauma bays, um, and more times than not, they're full. Um... We always had masks and everything for our traumas. Um, when COVID started hitting us pretty hard, we did not have what we needed. And it was really scary to watch my friends have to wipe down the inside of an N95 mask. Mm -hmm. And then walk back into another patient's room with the same mask they were just wearing in another one. Mm. Because we didn't have the necessary equipment. Right. Um, we were really lucky. We ended up not having um, a whole bunch of employees test positive in the very beginning. We do now. Um, so nurses that worked in our COVID section of our hospital are starting to become positive. So mm -hmm. I have friends now that are starting to test positive. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that there were ventilators that could have been used in New York and some of the more um, metropolitan areas when they were having massive, massive um, casualties from COVID. Mm -hmm. That really bothers me. The government had one job. And, yeah, we should have brought in masks from China. Um, we should have done every single thing that we could have in the very beginning. When we thought that this thing was even going to be a blip on the radar, we should have started preparing. Because you're never going to be prepared enough. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, because, I mean, the saying is, you know, always be prepared. Be always be overprepared. Medicine, <laughs> you always want to be overprepared. Well, not as overprepared, because there was that dude from a 90-day fiance or 90 days before the fiance thing right. whatever the fuck that's called and uh he like over prepared his brazil trip you know well yeah but I, I just think that for me it was you know that and i come from a fairly conservative family mm -hmm. who were very pro our president mm -hmm. um i'm not and you know i look at the way that particular people have um really kind of thought about this pandemic mm -hmm. and it's just it's interesting and i think that had we the minute we knew that this was going to hit us the second we knew that this was going to hit us we should have started dispersing whatever ppe we had so masks gowns face shields goggles all of that stuff mm -hmm. booties everything yeah. hair nets mm -hmm. everything out to all of our hospitals. There mm -hmm. are plenty of rural hospitals that never got anything. Mm. To this day, and we're what, mm, three months into the pandemic or so? Oh, yeah? Three, four months into the pandemic. Because it started in like March. Yeah. So we're about three months into the pandemic. We're almost out of masks. Mm -hmm. I went to Walmart the other day and a mask was, for 25 masks, it was 17 almost $18. Yeah. And I think that the people who made homemade masks, that's all well and good. 
Excellent. Awesome. You do you, boo. I'm one of those. <laughs> you weren't selling them at $20 a piece. No. $30 yeah. a piece. Yeah. And plenty of people were capitalizing mm-hmm. on this thing that really has affected healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just not right. We have, there's a couple paramedic groups that I belong to and a flight nurse group that I belong to and a few different things on Facebook. And, you know, I'm getting notifications every day that there's another medic who's died or there's another nurse that's died or there's mm-hmm. a doctor who fought um, and treated COVID patients that is on a ventilator now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that hits close to home for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, without much to say, without name dropping, um, you know, it came to light that we have a guy who's asymptomatic, which doesn't mean that they have it, but um, that uh, he was tested and he is positive deemed asymptomatic. So he's he's positive without symptoms. Right. Yeah. And um, and that's what's really scary. That's why it's so important to wear your mask. I mean, at work currently, that's really like revved up the, oh, have we like relaxed ourselves, you know, because you don't know. It's kind of like... For me, this is a run-of-the-mill version of um, uh, the Double Dragon. Yeah. You know? Because you don't know who's got it until they've got it. And then the best you can do is just sterilize, 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 sterilize right. everything. Right. So I think, I think the difference with... With COVID versus like double dragon mm-hmm. is there's obvious signs and symptoms, nausea, vomiting, right? It's coming out of both ends, that kind of good mm-hmm. stuff. With COVID, I could have it and be mm-hmm. completely asymptomatic, and you pass it on to six or eight or ten people, mm-hmm. and then they may not have symptoms, and then they pass it on to six or eight or ten people. That's why washing your hands, covering your mouth, um, your nose, and I'm sorry if you wear a mask and just cover your mouth, you're doing yourself and everybody else no good. Um. That's why it's so important to really just double, triple, quadruple down on being clean and making sure that your hands are clean. Do you think that segregating ourselves, because I've been hearing and I've been reading um, articles and and stories that uh, does it do us so good, like with the common flu, this isn't the common flu, but Mm -hmm. with the common flu, you know, it's like, Yes, we can vaccinate ourselves for it. There is a vaccine for it. But the thing is, is like, if you don't, if you get vaccinated and you're not around people, it's not, Well, it, I think, uh, it's the, it's the hurting element. You know what I mean? Like there, so they said that California has quote a uh, herd immunity to it uh-huh. because we're very social creatures. Californians, I mean, and humans in nature are social. Yes. We require a certain amount of interaction with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I think for introverts, it's been like a fucking godsend. It has. Because I've been prepping for this my, my whole life. Yes, this is true. <laughs> this is true. I'm an ambivert, so I like to, I'm very introverted, but I'm also, I am extroverted on occasion. Uh-huh. But I'm definitely like an ambivert. I'm more introverted maybe than extroverted. Mm-hmm. You might argue that with me though. Um, but humans as a whole are social creatures. Mm-hmm. We need some sort of other human contact. We crave a hug or a handshake or a fist bump or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We crave that human contact. Mm-hmm. And I find so, myself at work um, when I see people, like, especially people, yeah. We're I doing elbow elbows, bump. yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because it's just cloth on cloth. You yep. know, it's not even like real skin on skin. Right. It doesn't... <laughs> it's not skin on skin contact. No, no, it's not a handshake. You know, right. it's not. And it's so weird. I mean, you're right. There is there a reason why we need to like touch each other to like, make sure we're real? <laughs> um, I think it's just something from a million years ago. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just it's a born weird, into our DNA. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I, I do think that, you know, it's going to be life as we know it will never be the same. True. Um, Does 2020 deserve it? That I don't know. But you know, hey, we're still learning. <laughs> but I, I think that, I think that given, you know, our approach to it, the lockdown mm-hmm. um, wasn't necessary. Initially, yes. Are we learning how to better combat it? Absolutely. Are, do we have a cure? No way. Are mm-hmm. we anywhere near a cure? No. They just pulled the, um, I think it's hydrochloroquine off that they were using to treat COVID mm-hmm. because the side effects were more um, than it, well, the of risk. Course, but that's like everything. Benefits. I mean, like think of any like uh, you know run of the mill problem that you see on the telly, and then like just for I don't know snot running out of your nose, it's going to give you diarrhea and heart failure and high blood when pressure. The, yeah, when the side effects are much longer than the actual The side effects are way like more intense right. than, than having uh, tremors. So, Keep the tremors. You don't need explosive diarrhea because you're taking a magic pill for it. But only 5% of the population might get explosive diarrhea because... Mm-hmm. But 95% of the population is going to stop the tremors. Mm-hmm. So that is a cost-benefit analysis. It's a benefit versus risk. The benefit of not having tremors for some people way outweighs explosive diarrhea. Mm-hmm. So the problem with COVID is it's adapting to mm-hmm. what we're doing. It's smart. It's a smart little fucker. Mm-hmm. And people were saying, oh, the heat's going to kill it. So as soon as it gets hot, we won't have any problems. But if anybody's ever played the plague video game, heat, benef- heat can hit- benefit... Yes. And cold can also benefit it. Exactly. So what is it? We don't know. <laughs> That's the problem is we don't know. Yeah, right. Next we it's going to go to rats or birds. It. You know? It. it we don't know. I really want do. someone to just like play that video game on their phone and just simulate the shit out of it. I tried, but I didn't pay for the paid version. So <laughs> I, got the, <laughs> I got the ratchet version. Right. So. Yeah. I just. Challenge accepted. Um. But yeah, one job, government. You had one job to do to protect your vital workers, mm-hmm. your healthcare workers, the ones who are fighting this on the front line, the ones who cannot, under any circumstance, get away from it. Mm-hmm. Because when shit goes bad, who goes to work? We do. Mm-hmm. The military does. Mm-hmm. We didn't necessarily need McDonald's to still be open. Mm-hmm. We didn't. Okay, we needed grocery stores to a degree. Yes. Do Absolutely. We need, do we need grocery stores as much as we need people to man the hospitals? Yeah. Are you, sure? you still need to put food on but, the table. At but the, the end thing of the day. is, is they could have shut the grocery stores down completely, gone to a skeleton crew, and had everything delivered or brought out to the cars. You could have completely made it so that nobody went into the store. That's a whole revamp of a business structure. Not necessarily. Lots of it, lots of businesses did it though, mm-hmm. and they were very successful with it. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, I've stopped going into Target. I mean, like Target. overnight. Yeah. I stopped going into Target because I can order everything on my little fancy app, mm-hmm. and then they bring it out to my cart. And guess what? I'm only spending sixteen dollars versus one hundred and sixteen dollars because I didn't walk in and see sheets that I don't really mm-hmm. need and towels that I don't really need, mm-hmm. and a whole bunch of art stuff that I absolutely don't need. 
You know, going into Walmart today to just get, like, ingredients for dinner tonight, I had a panic attack through the whole damn thing. I mean, yeah, I wore a mask. And, yes, I was around, surrounded by a family of, like, ten people. Mm-hmm. Ten people. Because it's Walmart. That's one family. Hashtag Walmart. Mm-hmm. Um, who weren't wearing masks. Nope. Weren't because... minding the walk this way, don't enter this way on the on the floors. Right. So, Which I sometimes forget that those are there because I'm not used to them. I'm that person. But I was wearing a mask. I wear my mask. Yeah. Because I work in a county hospital. Right. I, I, I just, like an introvert, I had to just, I needed to just get in, get the fuck out, and just not be around people, okay. this much people in one space. Right, right. And I know it's a Walmart, so it's a big building anyway. But it's not that big. But it's not that big for the amount no. of people that are inside. Yeah, so... I think that, you know, as far as, like, like the whole one-job thing, the government definitely had one job. Mm-hmm. Um, are we on the other side of this? No. Not in my opinion. I am by no means a specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we have a long ways but to go. But from your observation, you think that we're still oh, we're on still, the climb up? Yeah. Oh, we're absolutely. Because we're relaxing things, mm-hmm. and what's happening now is more people are getting tested, and so anticipate, like, a massive spike, because mm-hmm. testing has become more prevalent and more um, accessible. Mm-hmm. And lots of people are asymptomatic, mm-hmm. and so they're not showing signs, so they're not taking their precautions. It's like, I don't have COVID. I'm fine. Yeah. But you might. Okay. And you'll never know unless you get tested. Great. So are you li- are you likely to get it from homeboy? Probably not. You're more likely to get it from me if I'm exposed. Mm-hmm. And I actually had an exposure, and it was very scary. Mm-hmm. Um, not, you know, being exposed not knowingly is something else entirely than being exposed knowingly. When I looked at that patient's chart and saw that they were testing him for COVID, I was like, shit. Mm-hmm. Let me make the necessary phone calls because if he comes back positive, I have to go get tested and immediately quarantine for two weeks. Mm-hmm. So, and that was right at the time when my mom fell and broke her hip and I had the kids and all of that stuff. It was mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, a lot of Legos. Wheels. Yes. Yeah. Lots of things to kind of put into place in order mm-hmm. for me to be able to quarantine safely at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I would expect an uptick probably over the next six months. 2020 is canceled. <laughs> that sucks. It does suck. I mean, I'm not trying to be, uh, yeah, because the uh, Foo Fighters are supposed unrealist. to release a new album this year. Oh my god. <sighs> really? Hey, you know priorities, man. Foo's were supposed to release a new album this year. I was going to go to a Tiger Army concert. And they were also supposed to probably go on tour with that album, too. They were. Yeah. I, Muse is still touring, or they were, I think. I mean, like, I had some good shit lined up this year. You came home, which was the best part. Thanks. Of... 2020 like right. getting you back after 10 months was definitely the best part yeah that was, that was and a, i'm glad covid was wasn't happening because <laughs> i'd have been so pissed if they would have been like i feel so sad for my friends who are like gone during this right time because oh it's God. just it's been they're just out spinning circles they are or they're in a hotel locked up locked up mm-hmm. and i'm having to keep them entertained on my days off when i'm segregating myself from my co-workers and everybody else um with uh, keeping them entertained on Instagram. Yeah. If I can. Yeah, it's... Yeah. You know, the way that, like I said, life as we know it is never going to be the same, unfortunately. Um, are we going to be six feet away from each other for forever? Probably not. But I will be probably investing in hula hoops pretty soon. I would love to watch you hula hoop your way through Walmart. No, I'm saying like hula hoop, but with like suspenders attached. So they could just like sit and then like 
people could just stay away from my personal bubble. Do I get to be inside or outside of the hula hoop? Yeah, you have to have your own bubble. Really? Yeah. All right, I want to make sure I wear the hula hoop to bed then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That'd be so six, uncomfortable to, six, like... Six feet away. Especially since I sleep on my stomach. Could oh you imagine? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'd like, be so uncomfortable to sleep like on top Saturn. of it. No. <laughs> Get but like your own colored ones. Put your like little moons <laughs> on it too. Yeah. Get some little little moons that like float around my hula Yeah. Hoops. Why do they say uh, wear a mask? They should have just told people like <laughs> build a suspender <laughs> hula see, hoop. I think, I think like and walk around with those. People have chosen to not be educated about COVID. Yeah. I haven't had a choice. I've had to become very educated very quickly mm-hmm. with literally policy changes every day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes minute by minute. That's my job too. And so it's one minute you can go into a patient's room that is COVID negative without a mask on in the very beginning. Then it was anytime you go into a patient's room, whether they're positive or negative, you have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you're back in your workspace, you can take it off. Mm-hmm. Then it was anytime you enter the hospital, you have to have on a mask. Mm-hmm. Then it was anytime you're in your workspace, you got to wear a mask also. Mm-hmm. Then it was... All of our rounds for our doctors, we do rounds with our physicians every morning. I do rounds at 8.30 in the morning. Normally, we were in a big room. The surgeons were all there, which made it really nice because we could bounce questions off of each other. To have to change that dynamic to a teleconference mm-hmm. was really tough. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. Is the patient care any different? That remains to be seen. Has it made us up our communication game with our surgeons? 100%. So you think that's like the best part behind it? unfortunately Um, the best part behind it maybe i think that a lot of businesses are realizing that they don't necessarily need these massive um office spaces Mm -hmm. that people are just as efficient working from home they're happier working from home um fuck i am i think that (laughs) kids are resilient and will bounce right into whatever is needed yeah i think kids are like kids like when they fall down they get back up they just keep on going because they're made of rubber yeah secretly Secretly. So I think that like elasticity of their minds are like, oh, well, here's the new norm. So there are kids like my oldest wants to be in the classroom. That is her. She's very upset that she may not be in the classroom in the fall. Mm -hmm. Will she survive? Yeah. It's called independence. Like you need a little bit of it. Yeah. Um, but I think that our communication game has definitely stepped up. Physics trying to get on you. Um, I think that our communication game has definitely stepped up. I think that there's been a lot of technological advances that have come from this mm-hmm. out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Because businesses needed to take 500 employees and plop them in their homes and give them all computers mm-hmm. and say, okay, this is how we're going to communicate now via Zoom and via Skype and with all these fancy ways of communicating and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. And... Hey, you just want to get right in the middle of everything. And, you know, I do think that that's been a benefit. The stock mm-hmm. market has crashed substantially. The housing market is pummeled. Um, I Has there been advances in healthcare? Yeah. There's a lot of PPE companies. There's a lot of companies Ford switched their whole model and started making ventilators for us. Mm-hmm. Um, Tesla also started making ventilators. I think Elon Musk stepped up and was like, cool, you guys need events? Here's a whole bunch of events that I can pop out in like three minutes because mm-hmm. he's fucking genius. Um, we've had some great moments in 2020. SpaceX just, what, two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. 
something like that. Yeah, two or three weeks ago, that was amazing to sit here and watch with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what else has happened? Black Lives Matter. That mm-hmm. whole movement has definitely been so eye-opening for, I think, so many Americans that just mm-hmm. stopped thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Well, because I didn't have that growing up when I was a kid. Uh, that was definitely not... Uh, these these uh, events were not things that were happening in my childhood. So to not only learn about it in the books, but also see it firsthand mm-hmm. has been like a real privilege to be a part of. Even though I can't do my part because of my job mm-hmm. uh, to be out there, although I did bail my sister out. Uh that's also something that they don't teach you in high school. How, how to bail somebody out? How to bail someone out of jail. I've done it twice now. Um, <laughs> but That's uh, one thing I've never had to do, thankfully. Anyway, uh, just, you know, the thing is, is like, um, having, yeah, yeah, having the privilege to, to live in this uh, year has been interesting, for sure. We're living in history, and someday... Some kid know. is going to be tested over this information and have to cheat their way through it. Yeah, you know, and and that's what I instilled in my kids was, you know, you guys are literally living in history right Mm -hmm. now. We are making history every single day. Something new is, something that's really freaking cool is happening every single day. Mm. And, you know, that's really, we should feel privileged that we're able to live through this. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's tough. The isolation isn't cool. Um, I know we've seen a lot. We've seen a definite uptick in domestic violence and suicide attempts mm-hmm. um, in the last three months, yeah. which is really tough mm-hmm. from my perspective. Um, but I think that we're learning that we're way more resilient than we think we are. Mm-hmm. And when the going gets tough, you learn how you... If nothing else, this has taught us who we can depend on and who's going to be there for us yeah. and who's always going to have our backs. And that's what's really important. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing to come out of this. Yeah, especially like realizing like who your network is. Mm-hmm. You know, if you didn't know then, then you certainly know now who your network is. And those people are always like in your uh, in your camp. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. This is a really cool time to be living in. It's tumultuous mm-hmm. and it's very apocalyptic in some ways. Um, it's dystopian in a lot of ways, I think. Mm-hmm. It's very Handmaid's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say, the, like, the giver, but minus, like, not feeling anything. Yeah. Or knowing what colors are. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, it's kind of Brave New World-ish. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good cross-section, um, yeah. But I, I definitely think that, like, we are very lucky to be alive in this time period. Oh, yeah, because yeah. because we are allowed to speak our minds. We are allowed to say what we want to say. If this was mm-hmm. 100 years ago, I would have no rights. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to say what I wanted to say. And now I can say all the things that I want to say. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm going to be ridicule- ridiculed for them? Probably. Does that mean that maybe part of my family is going to write me off? Most likely. Mm-hmm. The question is, do I care? Eh. Nah. I mean, once you've been written off once, I mean, right? it's like, how many more times, like, please get get in line, please, right? Yeah. Keep on doing it. Because that's happened to me once or twice before that I've been written off a couple of times. I'm like, okay, whatever, next. Right. So I, I do feel like it's definitely a, you know, it's a privilege to live in this time. And yeah. there's so many ways that we can affect change right now. Mm-hmm. 
Simply it's really been inspirational. Change. I mean, like oh, in yeah. a in a monthly, weekly, daily process. Like for me, usually, like when I close off the uh, the podcast here, I ask my guests like, "What's inspired you daily, weekly, or monthly? Mm-hmm. Uh, this last month, this last week, this you know day, whatever, whatever time span you want to talk about." Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you know, my sister Sherry uh, going out to the uh, Black Lives Matter um, protests. Um, you know, again, like I said, like I was working mm-hmm. during these protests, protests, as much as I would want to go out and be right. a part of them. Mm-hmm. I can't, I have a job to go to. I can't just leave. Um, right. I, can't I don't either. have yeah. that. I don't have that. The um, privilege, the ability to be able to ability. Do that. It's yeah. not even a privilege because like my job's not a privilege. It, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. There's no way for me to square calling in and going like, oh yeah, I'm sick. And then like showing up, showing up at, and then ending up on the news and ending up on the news. Bueller. Like Ferris. <laughs> yeah. Like very, right. imagine my job career wise, Ferris Bueller style oh it. God. And then like, I can just see, I can just hear it. I, I still have to go call. to medical and get a, a slip that says, a slip that says I was sick. I can just, I, I can can't hear do that. that. I can hear that. That is so call. much fucking work. I can't even lie myself through a cough. Like, no, you can't. I can't. I'm not that person. I feel guilty. There are some people too. who can do it. There are people in this world who could do it. I am not one of those people. I know my place in life. So, for my sister, inspirationally, to go out and I think as a representation of my family to go out there mm-hmm. and do that work and stand with, um, brothers and sisters who I, I, uh, um, commit to my life as brothers and sisters. Um, no matter the, the skin color, I mean, just standing up for what is inalienably right, uh, that this country, um, stands for, um, it, you know, equality, right. things right. such as that nature. Um, I'm very proud that our family or that she went out there right for, I I would say for our family because yeah, you know, I mean, it was just one of our family members, but I think that one can speak for all, if not all are available to go out and do it, you know, Mm -hmm. like a, uh, like a, um, like a spokesman for the cause, Mm -hmm. uh, for that, for the house. Um, yeah, that that was definitely like pretty cool shit, and I'm glad that she went out and did that, and I'm glad that she got a gun waved at her face. I'm glad that she got name called, and I'm glad that she got a photo taken and she's plastered all over the news to her local community. Um, yeah, just the next time she does it, she better tell me this. Right, <laughs> so, so I can. Have- so I can set some cash aside for her ratchet shenanigans or uh, take a life insurance plan out on her. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So that's, uh, that's what inspires me is um, specifically at least her and everyone else who's involved with those, with those uh, uh, protests that are happening out there in the world today or America specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think it is a good, a good, um, uh, a good thing. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, crap, you're catching me off guard here with this one. What inspires me or who's inspired me? It, who, what, when, where, why. I mean, 
for me, it was my sister. Um, she's really, uh, she's really wrapped that up in the last week. You inspire me every day. Mm. And I'm not just saying that because you're my boyfriend, but you honestly do inspire me every day. The way that you outlook, you have an outlook on life. Mm. It's always very positive. Mm-hmm. And it's my blood type though, you know? Yeah. yeah, there's that. But I'm also a positive blood type, but... Um, Wrong letter. <laughs> I'm APOS. Yeah. Um, but how you're super, you know, just very passionate about what you do, and I appreciate that. Mm. Um, outside of you, because mm-hmm. you inspire me on the rig, which is nice, I think... I don't know. I feel like just kind of everything is inspiring right now. There's so many. It's the world is so fluid mm-hmm. in this moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, humankind definitely has disappointed me in a lot of ways, but <laughs> but well, it's not like a Star Trek episode where you know, like, there's this problem. There's going to be like this magic fix for it, and everyone lives happily ever after at the end of the episode. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's not, not like that. that. Um, Regardless of how much of a piece of shit you are at the beginning. I think our white coats at work have definitely inspired me. Our doctors. Oh, okay. I was um, like, your who's? Our white coats. They, the other day, and I posted this video on my Facebook, um, they got up, we have a helicopter pad on top of our building on the roof, mm-hmm. and they went up and had signs that say, white coats for black lives Mm. and it just was really inspiring and they just knelt there it was silent it was dead silent the wind was blowing and all their coats because they wear long coats to their knees you know were kind of blowing in the background Mm -hmm. and you could see the h from the pad and all they did was hold up signs Mm -hmm. but it was like the most and we and the area that i work in is very culturally diverse we have a lot of indian doctors and doctors from the caribbean um, we have a lot of doctors from Africa, from everywhere. Lots of doctors from everywhere. Mm-hmm. But to see all of our white coats up there, mm-hmm. just dead silent, kneeling with their heads down, mm-hmm. with signs that just say, white coats for black lives, mm-hmm. that spoke volumes to me. And then our CEO of our hospital put out a thing that said, you know, to us, black lives matter. Mm-hmm. And we need to represent that in what we do. Mm-hmm. So my organization that I work for definitely has inspired me the way that we handled the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. We never stopped doing elective surgeries. We continued business as usual with a few modifications. We never laid off any nurses. A lot of hospitals were doing it. Mm-hmm. Nurses were losing their jobs when they should have been overemployed at that point. Mm-hmm. Should have been having way more hours than they could handle. Um, so the organization that I work for is definitely inspiring. Um, yeah, I think I think that would be kind of where I leave it. And maybe that's a little cliche, but not at all. I mean, if that's how you feel, I mean, that's true to you. I'm just really like, I'm really proud to work yeah. where I work and you've seen where I work. Mm-hmm. You know the neighborhood I work in. Oh, uh, I've just done a drive by. It <laughs> it's literally drive byable. It's it's rough. It's rough. Rough yeah. isn't even a strong enough word for the neighborhood I yeah. work in. It's I work in a 150-year-old hospital. Mhm. That sees drug addicts. It sees all the traumas from the county, literally from the entire county, and it's a huge county. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and we see all types. I literally had a patient the other day that his admitting diagnosis was meth binge at Target. <laughs> and then we have... I'm just thinking about, like, the Target dog in the process of all that. Right? And then, you know, so I have a guy who's strung out on meth running around the parking lot at Target all the way down to a four-year-old who hit his head on the cabinets playing and four hours later presented to the emergency room with a massive head injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a whole spectrum there. It's a very large spectrum, and we mm-hmm. get everything in between. I've gotten called every single name in the book lately, and that's okay. It's what part of medicine, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think my organization definitely inspires me to want to be a better human and to want to practice medicine more appropriately and with more passion. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, like, relit that spark. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing this for me. Um, it's been like a two hour conversation. Holy cow. So yeah, I'll do this again. For sure. Thanks.